Good morning, my friend. Happy anniversary, my friend. How are you? Aw, happy anniversary, you too. <laughs> so, two years ago to the day, because we used to record these on Tuesdays, um, a long time ago, but not really that long ago. And uh, so, yeah, put a put a leap year in there, and we're recording on the actual date that um, that we started this. So pretty cool i love that yeah. i love that you know that i love that i didn't know that me too because like surprises are awesome yeah well and you, let's be honest of the two of us i'm not the one that you're ever really gonna pin for coming up with you know remembering stuff like that so it's all good it is all good <laughs> your coffee looks amazing by the way that was well so here's the the thing i bought the uh, pumpkin spice coffee, probably my gosh, uh, six weeks, a couple months ago, maybe. And anytime you buy a flavored coffee, that's that's a commitment because um, anytime that you you're like, hey, you know what, I'm I'm feeling a certain flavor, whether it's pumpkin spice or whether it's hazelnut or whatnot, I'm just gonna throw you know some flavored creamer in there. It's not that big of a commitment, but you buy a bag of, co- of coffee, you you really you, you got to be invested. And I figured with it being the towards the end of October, I'm going to finish the or I was going to make pumpkin coffee happened to be the end of the, the bag that we had. So yeah, I, I, I went all out. I put the pumpkin spice creamer in with it. And then I've got the um, pumpkin pie seasoning on top of it. And of course, the whipped cream. So it's, uh, it, it's dolled up and ready to go. And apparently so am I. So it's all good. Oh, go you good thing. <laughs> You know what that means, right? What? Well, it's we're coming up on November, so it's basically the holiday season. So get your Christmas playlist ready. It's already ready. Oh, actually, that means that I can start listening to it tomorrow. I was I was actually going to start. Um, I, I was going to start listening to it this week because you know people are starting to to post about the holidays. Oh. Why can't we listen to it? I mean, there's there's no rules when it comes to listening to things. It, you, you basically just have all these playlists you have all these podcasts like it's not we've come a really long way from when steve jobs was like a thousand songs in your pocket now we're just like that's true now it's endless um dolly parton is bringing out a christmas album which i am psyched about yeah um and but what was i gonna say oh when you said it was coming up christmas anytime somebody says it that way i always think of that Joni mitchell song um it's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're, um, what is it? Something about reindeers and, and singing songs about joy and peace. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Um, so I, I was not thinking of that. The song that was actually going through my head was the Wham uh, This Christmas song. So. <laughs> the la- uh, this Christmas or last Christmas? Um, apparently I don't even have the right lyrics in my head when I'm, yeah, last Christmas, I guess. <laughs> I'll need to listen to that today. I, I really don't, I normally don't listen to, um, I don't listen to, to holiday music until usually it's November, but I'm just thinking, you know what, this year, give me all the, uh, give me all the holiday music that, that I, I, I feel like if you, you know, it's the kind of year where we can have the good vibes go as long as they possibly can. I, I agree. I, I do. People tend to get a little crazy around Christmas, but people also tend to be a lot nicer around Christmas. So, 
So I, I'm with the, um, the the weather we've been having here has been very holiday like. Uh, it's been very cold. It's been it's been great weather for soup and hot coffee and uh, and all that stuff. I, I think I might even have to make some uh, sugar cookies or butter cookies. Or <gasps> yeah, I know. I can't imagine a cold Christmas. That would just be that would be the ultimate. Yeah, well, it's basically um, this is basically like your end of end of June, I guess. So yeah, yeah, it's that, and it's funny that is like, and I I think the way you describe it is is the best for anybody listening here in the states is it's basically our our summer barbecues, our Fourth of July celebrations. Yeah. So yeah, it's but it's it's still funny because even when you and I talk about it, I'm like, well, yeah, logically it makes sense because you're literally on the other side of the world, but like, yeah. But yeah, you're still like, what? You you don't know what a cold Christmas is like? Well, my favorite part is always when people go, but when do you guys have Christmas? Well, no, we have it in December, like everybody else. (laughs) It's really hot here when we do it. Um, Has anybody ever asked you what you do for 4th of July for American independence? um, I actually got asked a few times uh, what my celebrations are for Thanksgiving. And when I was like, um, I, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. They're like, why not? And I've gone, because it's an American holiday. That's funny. I mean, I know that Canada has their own Thanksgiving yes. as well. Yes. But we don't really. Um... <laughs> so so this is the differences between Australia and, and America, right? You guys have Thanksgiving. It's amazing. It looks incredible. The food looks fantastic. Yeah. I did have to ask somebody what yams were. We yeah. call them sweet potato. I honestly, I don't know the difference between the two. I, I, well, I you will never hear anybody here call them a yam. Yeah. Um, but then it's like a, it's like we call things zucchini, and the Brits call it courgette. Um, or uh, we call it eggplant. You guys call it eggplant, right? Yeah, we do, and we call. But it- in but the Brits call it aubergine. Wait, what do the what do the Brits call zucchini again? Uh, courgette. Courgette. That's man. I'm gonna have to see. I I can actually get another point of reference uh, because we I work with some folks out of the London office, so I can I can mm-hmm. kind of bounce things back and forth. Did I? I probably told you this. Did I? Um, um, that somebody actually mentioned a sausage roll on our call, and she was like, "You guys in the, in America probably don't know what this is." And I'm in my head. I'm like, Shh, "I know exactly what a sausage roll is." But... Yeah, you do. <laughs> been it's been over two years. Just saying. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know. Well, we gotta we gotta call back <laughs> to the so, the sausage roll because we had so we so many do. of our early conversations on here were about sausage rolls. Well, because I had just when we started mm. this, I was a month into my sausage roll ban. Yes. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so, um, you guys have Thanksgiving, you celebrate it. We have Australia Day, uh, which is, I guess, the same concept. It's the day that, uh, Australia was, uh, white men settled in Australia. However, recent, uh, political change, particularly over the last couple of years has, uh, promoted to not celebrate it. And so it's actually become a very, very divisive holiday yeah and i'm torn because i absolutely see uh the indigenous people uh see their point i get why they don't want us to celebrate it but i also really love having a public holiday 
and a day off work. So you know, we, if we, we as have, long as we could move it to a different day, that's that's basically that's how Columbus Day is viewed here now. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and yeah, same same reasoning and probably the same logic as to why uh, a lot of folks want to celebrate it is because of the bank holiday. Yeah. Um, was, oh my gosh, uh, <clears throat> a game that that we were uh, we were on the car yesterday and we were thinking of like because um, you know Kanye West has made his way onto the uh, ballot here. And oh, uh, we're just we were thinking of sound bites, and we thought like a fun game would be: Did Trump say it, or did Kanye say it? Oh, like, that's such a great! Throw... Oh, yeah. that's such a great game. <laughs> oh, so, like I mean, you know, even if you just went up the tweets alone, <laughs> at least Kanye can say that he's got bipolar. Yeah, like... <laughs> I just oh my gosh, I would. <laughs> when i said it and we're like oh that's fun oh oh yeah definitely do. but you're right you could do, you could totally do just like the twitter edition oh my gosh yeah you could the twitter edition <laughs> the reality tv edition oh my god oh my and gosh, you could probably yeah. make it i'm sure you could make it into a drinking game too so oh you you'd be, you'd be absolutely <laughs> trashed before you you know finish the first hour i know i oh, am gosh, this has to happen I once did. Uh, I once had a party at my house that was Dawson's Creek, the drinking game. Yeah, and we didn't last an episode because you had to have a sip every time. Uh, every time somebody said something that they were mature, not mature enough to actually be able to say, and you had to have a sip every time somebody said something incredibly complex. You had to have a sip every time Joey stared longingly at Dawson. You had to have a sip every time Dawson ignored it. You had to have a sip every time Joey did the half smile thing. You had to have a sip every time Pacey seduced somebody or Pacey cracked onto somebody that was too old for him. And like, hey, we literally, we did one episode and we were all really drunk. That's hilarious. Yeah. The Game of Thrones one looks quite similar too, but that's my only drinking game, like per se, that I've, uh, I've ever done, but I feel like the Kanye and oh, and you could call the game Kanye trumps it. <laughs> yes, I, I really feel like we're we're really flushing this out. We can't be the first person to t- we we can't be the first people to talk about this. And somebody yes, is you can be. This. Ideas have to come from somewhere. Well, no, anytime I, I feel you like... don't believe oh, in yourself, on, just remember there's a millionaire out there who hey. created the pool noodle. That is true. Well, you know what? Let, let's. I've I've heard that. So let's do a little bit of a fact check here. All right, pool noodle creator. Let's see who that was, and then we're gonna see what their net worth is. <laughs> pool noodles near me? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, pool noodle inventor, Steve Hartman. Okay. No, he's got a nice name. Let's see. Steve Hartman net worth. Love these multi-layered Google searches. I like that you can actually do Google searches on a podcast like this because, you know, I see these ads all the time. He is around. He's okay. Updated here. This is as of March of this year. Um, He's an estimated net worth of around $3 million. Yep. So, you know. From a pool noodle. And, and and if you think about it, 
Right. He invented it how many years ago? A long time ago. And he's still worth three million. That's not bad. Hold on, let me put my fact check hat back on. When was the pool noodle invented? You know, other things, uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking to uh, Alexa or Siri when I do this, but you could talk to Alexa and Siri and you can say, Hey, uh, listen to the Daryl Perry podcast and Alexa will play that for you because we're everywhere now. Thanks, Alexa. (laughs) Don't talk. We, I have an Alexa on my Kindle and I, it, it does kind of creep me out that the thing, you know, it's always listening and it'll just talk back to you. It's just it's Alexa doesn't like my accent, but Siri understands it. Well, Siri must be much more progressive than I guess. I feel like Siri is just a little less racist and is okay with people having different accents. <laughs> and Alexa's just like, geez, just speak American for God's sake. Celebrate the fourth of July, right? Right. And Columbus Day and Thanksgiving. Why, Rachel, why are you not thankful? I'm very thankful. (laughs) I just, I don't know what yams are and I don't want to eat them. And I feel like I shouldn't celebrate the massacre of Indigenous people. But I do like Thanksgiving the way they they, uh, portray it in Adam's Family Values. Did you ever watch that movie? The Adam's Family 2, Adam's Family Values? I did not, so you're going to have to explain it. Oh, yeah, you know, you have to watch this movie. Okay, so uh, this is, uh, when it came came out, I think we were 13 or 12. I think we were 12 when it came out. And um, and so they they have another child and they hire a nanny to take care of the children. And the nanny uh, hates the older kids. So she tells the parents the older kids want to go to summer camp. Mm Mm-hmm. And they get sent off to Camp Chippewa, um, where they're like, they're sort of strung together with the kids that are disabled and the kids that have the allergies and the, that one yeah, weird yeah, kid. Yeah. And um, and that one weird kid and them end up getting stuck in a in like a cabin and they're forced to watch Disney and everything until they want to participate. And so at the end of summer camp, they do a play and the play is based on the first Thanksgiving. And um, I'm, this, is a, this is a plot spoiler for anyone that's listening that has not seen Adam's Family Values. And uh, if you're not Daryl Perry, I think you probably have seen Adam's Family Values. And because um, it's amazing and it was the 90s and it was incredible and whatever. And, um, and so... She participates in the play rehearsals like she's going to do it properly. And then when it comes to the final performance, um, the the woman, the white pilgrim lady, invites them to break bread with them. And she's like, we cannot break bread with you. And they basically t- tie them up and they like... T- it's hilarious. It's like um, the way that she do- does it, she's like, your um, your people will drive minivans and do this, and our people will be forced to sell their jewelry on the side of roads. You know the gods have spoken, and they say, "Do not trust Sarah Miller. Do not trust the pilgrims." And then, like, yeah, so it's like all these, all the misfits have banded together to uh, wreak havoc. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, I I um there were two Adams Family movies. I think one came out in '93 and one came out in '94. 
And the first one was okay, but the second one was actually fantastic. The and first one, the, the first one I saw. Um, yeah, second. it was okay. The second one is better. Okay. Um, and it was actually um, so. Uh, what is his name? Rule Julia. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did. Adam's Family Values came out, and he died about six weeks after the movie yeah, came out. That I, think. I remember too. Yeah. And. Um, and so he is fantastic. Angelica Houston is fantastic. Christopher Lloyd is fantastic in everything. Yeah. Anybody that loves Back to the Future will agree with that. Um, but this is the movie where Christina Ricci, or Ricci, however you want to say her last name, however it's meant to be said, I'm sorry if I've said it wrong, um, she really, she, she steals the show. Her and Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack plays the nanny that is trying to seduce the uncle because he's got a lot of money and she's, that's why she sent the kids away to camp. And um, her and Joan Cusack are just every second that they're on screen, they're, they're brilliant. And it's like, you know, when they first get to camp and, um, and she's standing there with her mother and this, you know, the perfect blonde kid with the perfect blonde mother comes over and, and she's like, oh, you know, and the, the blonde mother's bragging about her child. And then she looks at Morticia and Morticia's like, oh, Wednesday's at that very special age. And the, the you know, the perfect mother looks at her and goes, boys. And Wednesday's like, homicide. That I, see, <laughs> I, I actually remember that interaction from the, uh, from the previews that they had for it. Yeah. But, you know, here's the. Here's the funny thing. When you mentioned Joan Cusack, I was thinking back to her role and I'm like, oh my gosh. They they perfectly they they casted those characters perfectly visually. And then from what I from what you're describing, um, because yeah, the first one was not it was kinda like eh. but it was um, yeah. And even now they're both on um our version of Hulu. I won't yeah. watch the first one. I I love the second one, but Well, and and what it sounds like is in the second one they really had their personalities or their interpretation of the characters come out. Yeah. If I remember correctly on the first one, thinking back on it now, it's like it, it it just it seemed kind of like they were trying to be the stereotype of the characters or what you. Would yeah, think. I think in the second one they just they it looks like they really had fun to be honest <laughs> yeah. and um and it's quite quick humor which I appreciate. The kind of thing where you think, oh, that's funny. And then the second time that you watch it, you hear something you missed the first time. Because, um, yeah, Joan, Joan Cusack is brilliant. And um, they, they all are, but especially those two, I think they stand out for it. And, um, and, it's, and it's coming up to Halloween, so it is a perfect time to watch a movie like Adam's Family Values. This is true. And, and because we... Marcus, Marcus. Because we are home. Apparently, well, and see, here's the thing. Um, I was somebody was I was talking to him about. Uh, we were talking about Hocus Pocus to like this week, and it's just interesting because I remember when we were kids, that was a popular movie when it came out, but it has it has this cult, you know, aura to it now where it's like it's not even just a Halloween movie. It's like you know you're around for a lot of people. Oh yeah, no, I watch it all the time. I love it, but then, but you know what? I mean, I love Bette Midler, so I would watch it no matter what. But I um, I cannot get into movies the way that you do. Now, what I've been doing is I've been watching these. Um, so, so Stacy and I started watching on the History Channel this 
show a while ago, like um, Mysteries of the Abandoned. And it's all these historical sites that have just been abandoned for whatever reason. And they go into the stories and all that. Well, there's this whole thing. I, I jumped down the rabbit hole on YouTube this week of all these like collapsing of all these businesses and, and all these resorts and stuff. And then of course I started looking at um, the histories of like malls. And this is apparently a thing where people just go and walk around these dead malls um, in one of the malls here in Cincinnati. Malls, is, as in as in like a shopping mall. Shopping malls, yeah. yeah. And I have a fact for you about shopping malls, but yes, continue. Well, let's hear the fact now first. Well, do you know that the actor, Edward Norton, his grandfather was the inventor of the modern version of the mall? I had no idea. Mm-hmm, there you go. Actually, another fact on Edward Norton is that he was born the day that Sesame Street first aired on television. Okay, back to your uh, TV show about malls. You're welcome. <laughs> so, but anyway, like it's it's this weird watching these. It's like this weird bit of nostalgia and then fascination with just how how dilapidated everything is, and it's really kind of sad because um, the one that's becoming known for this in Cincinnati was. Um, was this place that was built 30 years ago. They had this massive launch. It was like an inter- it was as much an entertainment complex as, as anything else. Like they had a, a little amusement park in there and a Ferris wheel and everything. And then um, there was a bunch of renovations and it was, it was sold a few times, but like, you know, she and I, uh, we remember uh, going, you know, just like going there for, for various things. And, um, when uh when when our son was uh, a baby that's where his his blanket came from was the babies are us that was in that particular thing so like they're walking through and like all of the all of the stores are closed there's like this one uh sporting like outdoor place bass pro shop that's that's still open but like it's one of the anchors there's nothing left in the mall itself and there hasn't been anything for like the last five years so then so I'm watching this and then I, I just am searching YouTube for malls in Cincinnati. And there was this retrospect on like st- <clears throat> starting back from like the 1950s, you know, what were the first malls in the areas, how in the area, how did they evolve? So uh, yeah, I've been on um, shopping mall kicks and Cincinnati shopping mall kicks for, uh, for the last three or four days. So it's been kind of fun. I've been on a somewhat different kick for the last three or four days. Oh boy. So, okay, so last week I talked about how my energy was right up. Yes. Um, and then um, my body caught up to me with the fact that I was off my meds for a week. And um, and so my energy level then depleted again, right? Disappeared yes. completely. Yes. Um, and so I, I was so exhausted for a lot of this week and I was very emotional. Um, and so what I did was uh, what I do best, which is I, I sought comfort in the way that I could. And, and because this is going to sound ridiculous, because I've gained weight, not recently, but because I was gaining weight before yeah. I was diagnosed, yeah. I, I naturally feel heavy. And so because I feel heavy, my first inclination is not to reach for food as a comfort. Yeah. Which is probably the only time when it's not. And um and so I sought comfort through films. Okay. 
And Hocus Pocus was definitely one of those films. Um, but what I've actually been doing for the last couple of days is re-watching all of the Marvel movies and the Avenger yeah. movies. And um, and so I, for anybody that, anybody that is listening, are you okay there? You're choking on your uh, pumpkin, your no, pumpkin um, life? No, I've been, I've had a cold for like the last three or four days and I've been oh, honey. leaving these coughs in. It's all good. I'm if fine. Everything's to... fine. Marvel movies. Okay. Let's go. Okay, so yes, Marvel movies. So uh, for anyone that knows me, I am a quirky kind of girl and I tend to uh, be attracted to people that are somewhat quirky. And so Bruce Banner has always been my go-to, right? Not when he's Yeah, not when he's green, but when, you know, I mean, not that I have anything against green. It's not like I'm prejudiced against green people. But I... um, (laughs) But... But I just, I just really like the character, and truthfully, I've always really liked Mark Ruffalo as an actor. Yeah. Um. So I've, I've obviously, I mean, I've seen all the Hulk movies, the modern Hulk movies, with all of the incarnations and all the actors. And Mark Ruffalo is the first one that I've always got. I've sort of gone, ooh. And so I always liked him best, and um, was very into him. But I have found myself the last four days finally getting what all of the fuss was about with Captain America and uh, got myself a little bit of a crush on Chris Evans, um, particularly with the beard, right? And there are so many people in this world that do things that are potentially harmful to themselves to make themselves feel better, right? You've got, you know, binge eating, you've got alcohol, you've got drugs, I gotta tell you, I I feel like Chris Evans is the treatment to whatever problem I've currently got. Just I, making uh, me feel better. I know quite I know quite a few people, uh, Lindsay. If you're listening, I, I know you would be all about it. Uh, yeah, I, I think Chris Evans is the uh, is the solution for a number of people yeah of things. Right. Well, and I mean, then you add to it the offbeat quirky of Robert Downey Jr. The uh, Bruce no, Banner. I know when we've talked about this. I, I, what I, what I love about the Tony Stark character. I don't think he's acting. I, 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 I okay. Love... So, so there is a thing. Yeah. That uh, there are there are actors and there are movie stars. Now, movie stars sometimes act and sometimes they don't. I just to. hey, you know what? The fact that this guy was able to come back after the crazy ride he was on for you know most of his life and just basically have this character because this i i mean well they didn't they didn't they didn't want him you know that right because like he's he's perfect but they didn't want him because they couldn't insure him he was too expensive to insure right so when any actor comes into a film they get insured yeah. Um, as to how much it's going to be a risk for the project. Right. And he actually talks about the fact that when they took his insurance out of his salary, because that's what they made him do, he like he makes the joke that he was basically earning four cents of the dollar. <laughs> once they but he got the role because John Favre really wanted him to be Iron Man. Makes sense. Um and you know the he but he had to audition and this is you know robert downey jr who hadn't had to audition for anything forever probably 
Um, but when you say that you don't think he's acting, I get what you mean because um, you've got movie stars like Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn played the same character in every film she did, right? She was insanely lovable and people undervalue that, right? It, it is, you can be, a, you can learn how to be an actor um, to varying levels of success. What you cannot learn is, is likability. And she naturally had it. And, and I think Robert Downey Jr. has that natural likability that is essential to be a successful movie star. But what he has shown with certain films that he has done, um, films that are outrageous like Tropic Thunder or films that are classic and beautiful like Chaplin, yeah. um, is that he is a brilliant actor. He's a brilliant actor, but he doesn't always have to act. And I think Tony Stark is really just yeah. an exaggeration on that natural charisma that he already has. I mean, the special effects, the stunts, the red helmet that he actually had to wear in the first movie, but it's been CGI'd pretty much ever since. Yeah. Um, you know, there was obviously acting involved, but I think he had a lot of fun doing these films and I think they all did. And, um, and I just, yeah, I, I've always loved Robert Downey Jr. I, there is a film of mine, a film that is a favorite of mine called uh, Home for the Holidays. Yes. And he actually, um, he he spoke about it. He basically admitted that he was so off his face that he doesn't remember making the movie. Yeah. Um, but that he has letters from Jodie Foster that were like, you got lucky because she directed it. You got lucky that it was me and that you could do this. You will not always be able to get away with this. Um, and he's somebody who's very loyal to, he's very loyal to the people that have been loyal to him. He stands very loyal to Mel Gibson. He stands very loyal to Jodie Foster um, because they both gave him a chance when nobody else would. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think he's brilliant. And I, I really love, I just think that the films are cast so well. And I think part of what, uh, is attracting me to watch them apart from the fact that they make me feel good and that it's great to see uh, good triumph over evil is that these are all incredibly talented actors that have been cast. Most of them are either Oscar winners or have been multiply nominated for Oscars. Um, and then you've got, you've got somebody like Scarlett Johansson who is, 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 a, is a brilliant actress, um, been nominated for, was nominated this year for two Oscars Um but who looks freaking amazing. So, and, but, yep. but who I want to go back and talk about, because I've, I've heard him on a podcast and uh, was really just, it's amazing kind of all the stuff he's been involved in is John Parvara. Like he's yeah. done, I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I didn't even realize. I, I mean, I, I knew him as kind of like an, as an actor, but all the stuff that he produces and he's involved in, uh, it's, it's crazy. I'm sorry. Uh, he's a, yeah. He, I mean, he's, a, look, he's, He's he's a likable actor, yeah. but he is a really great writer, producer, director. He is he's really very talented, um, and he's also very loyal. Um, so Vince Vaughn, a lot of Vince Vaughn's career has to do with his collaborations with Favre. Yeah, and um, and I just. I just, I like that he can do something brilliant and then he can do something fun. And I think that's, like, that's not just a him-specific thing. I think that is a Marvel-specific thing. Because you have Kenneth Branagh directing Thor. 
Now, I am the Shakespeare queen. I love me some Shakespeare. Number one place in the world that I ever wanted to go was Stratford-upon-Avon, which I did three years ago. Um, I've loved Shakespeare since I was old enough to read Shakespeare, so probably since I was 12 years old. And, um, and so Kenneth Branagh is literally Mr. Shakespeare. He is the person that directed it. He was the one that promoted it in modern cinema without modernising it. Um, and then to have him come and direct a Marvel movie. I think what it is is that these aren't just action movies. These are quality films that happen to have action in them. As opposed to... And it's sort of like the new Batman. When I say the new Batman, I, I don't mean the Justice League ones. Wait, sorry, Ben Affleck. Um, I mean the Christian Bale, Chris Nolan Batmans. They're action movies, but they're action movies with fantastic plots and fantastic actors. They're very strong films. It's just the action is there as well. Um, yeah, it's just fun and fascinating. And, um, yeah, so I have watched Infinity War because I love me uh, Captain America with a beard. Um, <laughs> I've watched that a lot and I've... and and. I I watched I was actually watching Endgame when you sent me the message that said I need an extra three minutes. Um, I was like, woohoo! That means an extra three minutes of Endgame. Um, and what I really one of the things I really love about Endgame is that you actually have all of these women that are kicking ass as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just hey the men are going to save the world. You know, a female sacrifice is what sets them on the right path. The women banding together helps them on the on the right path, and you've just got these. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get off the soapbox now. I like Marvel. I I and I like. <clears throat> well, and first off, it's it's the perfect thing to binge watch because you have every single movie on Disney. Yes, uh, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, well, and it's <clears throat> it's really funny because you and I geek out over completely different things. Like the whole thing I have, I've, I, I watch movies every so often, not much, but like it is, it's definitely your thing. Um, I, I will say that I've started to listen to, and, and this is more like <clears throat> white collar crime and scandal, but I've started to listen to more uh, crime podcasts as well. Oh, so, yes. yeah, I mean, but see like that's, that's my thing is I find that I'm always listening to stuff. That's, that's what I prefer to do. And then we'll, we will watch, we'll stream something at night, but, and sometimes I'll wear, I'll watch a docu-series on Netflix over the weekend. Um, but the Cobra Kai thing was really the, the first thing that I really binge watched in probably, probably a couple of years. So, but yeah, it's, it's go on all your, your soapbox, tan soapbox tangents that you want because you love films, man. It's like, it's your thing. Totally. I do. I, do. I look. I I think part of it part of it is the performer side of me. Yeah. Um. But I think the majority of it is that. Uh, my father got sick when I was four. Yeah. My father loved films, and taught me films. Right. You know that I was that kid at seven years old that was watching The Godfather. FYI, no seven-year-old should really watch The Godfather. No, I get it; not at it's all. an R-rated movie, whatever. Um, but was explaining to me why it was such a monumental piece of cinema. Yeah. 
Um, and that was the kind of house that I grew up in. I grew up in a house where films were were valued, were really, uh, and by him, he loved quality films, but my mum, my mum would do certain things. So uh, there were so many, there was nine, the most that ever lived at home when I was at home were, when I was a kid was nine. There was nine of us kids. And then my mum and dad. And so my mum would do the ironing on a Friday night while my dad was at work. And depending on how busy a week it had been, she would pick her film accordingly. And you always knew that there was a lot of ironing if the film that she picked was Gone with the Wind. Because it came on VHS and back then there was no VHS long enough for Gone with the Wind. So it had to come on two cassettes and it had an intermission. And so, and that was sort of how I learned classic films like that. So I, I learned Gone with the Wind and Sound of Music and all of those sorts of films were Friday night films in our house. And I would sit there and I would do my homework with that on. Um, or I would sit there and I would read with that on. I've never been somebody that only did one thing. And, and quite frequently when I'm watching, I'm also doing three other things. It's like I, I never just listen to a podcast. I do 50 things while I'm listening to a podcast. Well, and, and see, that's the thing um, with podcasts. I, I think that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the things that I guess I, if you consider it multitasking, because I'm really big on trying to just do one thing at a time because I find that I get more done overall because I'm able to focus. But, yeah, I, I, just, I always have something playing in the background, and I think that's, that's why I'm so big on getting other people if they're going to if they're wanting to share their story to get into podcasting because it's unlike anything else any other type of content you either you have to stop doing what you're doing and watch it or read it podcasting you can just or any kind of audio you you just can have playing yeah. around that's why i love it so much i like that um yeah so films films were always important like that yeah um and then i have because I have a retentive memory, I value other things that, that display things like that. And so I've always loved history because I can, I can remember things. And because I'm that person that watches a historical documentary and goes, oh, actually, I remember hearing about this from there. And then I'll go back, you know, and then you, you go through the, the, the tunnel and then you come out three hours later where you go, wow just spent three, you know, three hours looking up, you know, what serial killers had for their last meals or, <laughs> or you know, silly stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I fall on tangents. But I guess, yeah, uh, television, uh, television to a degree. I, I am going to be completely honest. I hate commercials. I always have. Yeah. And up until television was um, – able to be binged i would literally t- always tell you that i preferred films over television yeah makes sense and for the most part that's probably still true however there are certain shows that i've watched an excessive amount of time or i am that person that can just put a show on um i have that ability to focus on three things at once um that said i do really like going to the cinema and fully focusing on something I am that person that once I'm in the cinema, my phone goes away. Yeah. 
I'm not that person going, oh, my phone vibrated. I'm going to have a look. Um, and also because it's kind of fun because don't you remember when you didn't check your phone all day and then it was like, oh, I got three messages. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was my gosh. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. Um, real quick bit on that, like just how the the consumption habits have changed, because I, I remember that like you you would check your phone or you keep it in the in your in the glove box or at home. You'd like keep it stored away or yeah, stored away. Or you'd wake up in the morning and you'd see that you'd have a couple messages and now um, it's just it's it's interesting how people are always connected. But I'm I'm the same yeah. way when I go to a movie. Um, I'm I'm very it's it's I, I have no issue like putting my phone away and staying. Yeah, of it. it's anything. It's anything like that for me, actually, because yeah. if I go to watch my nephews play soccer, my phone goes away as well. Yeah, unless I'm taking a photo. Yeah, my phone's away. I'm focusing on what I'm doing or where I am. Yeah. And, and I'll t- and another thing, I mean, you brought up the, how you don't like TV because of commercials. I'm, I very much like, this is why, this is why I don't run a lot of ads, uh, social media mm. or otherwise, because I, one thing I always try to keep in mind is like, what's somebody coming to this platform or doing this activity for? And it's never to watch ads. So, you know, I like doing a podcast and plus, the cool thing about a podcast, because when you're when you're when you're running an ad, you're trying to get somebody to do something. So, like, if I say right now, guys, I'm wearing my YLF community shirt. Go to the store right now. The link is in the show notes. You guys can continue to listen to the podcast episode while we're talking. And then if you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to pick up one of those shirts like you can do it. But it's not one of mm. these things where I'm trying to catch your attention as you're scrolling, trying to do something else. Um, and it's just, yeah, I, I, that's my, my big thing is like always try to keep in mind what people are trying to do on the platform. So if you're going to disrupt that with an advertisement, it better be something that's entertaining. So I am, I quite like the morbid girls. They do this thing. Um, I can't remember their names. It's somebody in Estelle and because they have to do so many different advertisements, I mean, they are, they are professional podcasters. Yeah, I think they actually also have jobs, but they they make a lot of income from their podcast, and so they created these two New Jersey housewives that are sort of in their sixties, and that's like, and these are two young women <laughs> now, and so anytime they're going to do a commercial, that's the voice that they use, and you automatically know that they're going into a commercial. So you've got either thirty seconds or a minute. If you don't want to listen to it, you skip. Um, 90% of the people that listen to their podcast love those voices that they use and you actually find yourself hoping that they have an ad in their podcast so that you can hear it. Yeah. Um, and the other 10% will just bitch and moan about how much they hate those voices, in which case just skip the 30 seconds and go back to the podcast. So how often are they are they doing these ad spots in a given episode? Um, they usually only do one or two ads per episode. And- so if the episode will go for over an hour. Which, when you think about it, that's awesome that you've got an hour-long podcast and you're only having yeah. to listen to your a minute, your, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. Which so, and, and that's another thing too, because if you think back to TV, there's it, it would take up like what twenty twenty five percent of the showtime, um, mm. just with these with the the commercials and such. Now, uh, the other thing I like about it, one is because the ratio of advertisement versus content is is so much lower in podcast in most cases than, than traditional media. But like, yeah. 
that thing that you and I did, I, and I will totally have a link to the the shop in the show notes when I put this out. But like in an hour long podcast, the, there was no. I, I actually like doing it the other way. I don't like any kind of lead into an ad. I like just mentioning something for like five to ten seconds and sh- and just telling you, hey, links in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, I like that too. Yeah, because it's just like for for me because I thought about this when I when I do. I don't do a lot of. Uh, pushes on Instagram, but like when I used to do them in my story, I would use a black and white filter, but I'm like, I don't necessarily want people to know that it's going to be an ad. I want them to kind of be like, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, I I, I totally, because I've done that before where it, it, it's really kind of funny when you put something up when you're like, hey, is it time for, because um, I do the habit-based coaching, I'm like, is it time to stop dieting and really focus on your foundational habits? I think it is. Let me know. And I've had people message me. It's time. I'm like, holy crap, that actually works. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> it is, it is funny. It's like when, um, cause I, okay. So I have no problem if somebody wants to sell a product yeah. or if somebody has been given a product for free and they really like it and they want to promote it. Yeah. That's fine. Full disclosure that you got it for free. Yeah. That's what you have to do. This was a free through a free product, but you know what? I liked it enough that I'd actually buy it again. Yeah. Um, I'm also very cautious because I know that there are so many people that do that. Uh, and that people are skeptical. You f- I find myself doing things like today I was wearing a pair of earrings from a small boutique. Yeah. And I had gotten them as a birthday present. But I was like, I can't just put up the earrings and advertise the boutique. People are going to think I got them sent to me for free. So underneath, I'm like, they were a birthday gift. I just really love them. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's... They were cactuses. They're incredible. <clears throat> well, your your taste in in earrings and brooches is phenomenal. And your <laughs> the uh, the dinosaur earrings are hilarious. Oh, they're, really, they're amazing, right? They came from that... um that little store down in the country town where I had to work a few times. Yeah. They're, they're beautiful. I want more. They've got like, um, they've got giant broccolis and giant um, uh, phone booths and stuff. I'll have to get some. You will. You will. But see, and so here's the interesting thing. Like, th- and this I think is the other thing that you can do as far as promotion, it's not necessarily even ads. Like we're having a conversation and in the, and in with what's coming up and just kind of the natural flow, you're talking about your experience at a shop or you're talking about a product that you love. Mm. And it's just like, it's a, it's a better way of doing it. Like the, because it's genuine. It, it is. And it's not what you think. See, when you think of advertisements and it's, it's so funny that what we, what we consume first is kind of how we think things should be. So there's a stereotype when it comes to ads, there's a stereotype when it comes to, um, you know, how things are, are positioned. And it's like, because it worked at one particular time, you know, people just kind of get used to it. And I, I find it fascinating going back to the podcast thing. Like my whole thing with this podcast is let's see, because now everybody has a microphone, everybody's an editor, everybody's doing this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, well, let's see what happens if we just really continue to record this from a phone. Uh, I mean, for a while when we moved, because we've got um, we we have a basement that we're thinking about eventually finishing, and it would make sense for the kind of work that Stacy and I do to have kind of like a place to do videos and audio and have a little bit of a studio. But then I so I've thought about it, but I'm also like, you know, I I really like the idea of just 
taking uh, taking my phone out of my pocket and recording an episode and having it out on Apple and Spotify within an hour. The reality and the spontaneity of it. It yeah. just well, and it's not even so. Like I, I think, I think at the at the end of it, like when you don't have, I, I think a lot of times you can you can hide behind production um, and not necessarily have like like it's not that you're not skilled, but I think if you do a stripped down version like there's nothing like it's literally if you you have to have a point of view or you have to be able to to talk about something in a different way in order for it to be successful because um and i noticed this when i was watching some of these videos some of these vloggers like they are rambling for the sake like there there is no point ever and i'm i'm a huge fan of you know a lot of times people think they're rambling when they're just having a conversation and i actually think that's one of the best things about podcasting is you can go off onto little sidebars and as long as you come back and you kind of tie things together it's fine but i mean there's some people doing the stuff that that you know have all the production behind it and like you're listening to the story they're telling and you're like oh my gosh man get back to the point i mean come on so like i think if you do a stripped down version of this stuff like you it really forces you to get better with your point of view, whether you're expanding into a story or whether you're just going and, and making points. And, you know, my whole thing with this is I'm just, I'm trying to put out a lot of different episodes and there's going to be times where people listen to stuff and they're like, yeah, it's not for me. Cool. Just skip the episode. But, um, but I'm, I'm fortunate that I've been doing so much of this for so long, just recording it on my phone and putting it out that it's kind of, it's kind of like a signature thing. So like if I started getting a bunch of editing involved, I, I think some people would be like, well, wait a minute, this is, this is different. This is not what we're used to. And that's not kind of like your signature sound. You're, you're putting all this production behind it now. So anyway, get off my soapbox now. <laughs> all the soapboxes today. Yes. Well, but you know, I, I think I, I, I love that we're talking about the advertising because I think it's, it's a it's an evolving thing, and you know, kind of what you were talking about with um, the product placement and did people get this for free? I'm really funny about that. I'm not saying that I wouldn't take because I mean I've I've had the the anchor sponsorship on the front of this podcast forever, but like I have to be using something first before I would ever promote it. Like if somebody was to send me a free thing, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not really. I'm really not interested in most cases if they want me to like promote it. If they're just sending me free stuff in hopes that, you know, eventually we would collaborate on something cool. But like there's only a handful of things that I would really, really promote. And anything that I that I do promote, I feel like I have to use. So that's like that's one reason with the habit based coaching stuff that I offer. Um, at first, I had gone through the program a couple of times, and I'm like, so, you know, I, I have a feel for it. I know what you guys are going through. But then I'm like, no, I need to take this to the next level. Like, I literally need to be doing different versions of this program over and over. So anytime that I say, hey, this is what really helps build the foundation and changes your relationship with eating, there's no doubt in my mind because I do this stuff on a daily basis personally. So when I recommend it to everybody, like, you know, it's – it's it's one thousand percent genuine, and then there's like a nutritional supplement company that I always will have a fondness for because they started um, they started over uh, my gosh five minutes from where I went to college, and just kind of this little local um, grassroots company that's really built themselves up over I, I think they've been around for like forty years, 
and I've used their products on and off for the last 20 years. So like, mm. you know, would I promote them? Absolutely. But like in general, I, I think like just for me personally, I don't, the short term of the short term kickback of like getting products and talking about them, I'm not into, but like actually building something around my own thoughts and opinions to where like long term, um, and I'm long term, I mean, like people, you know, people buy the merch and people uh, support what I'm doing in different ways, like now, but I just, I'm playing a longer game than just like, you know, give me some free stuff and promote. So uh, I'm really <laughs> funny about that, though. So yeah, anytime I see an influencer, I'm like, huh. I've, I've only once gotten something for free. Yeah. Um, and that was, I had a pinup store, which is actually, ironically, the place that the earrings that I wore today came from. But these earrings that I wore today were bought and paid for. I'm she offended that me... you're not mentioning the the free swag that you got for this podcast. So, well, I mean, apart from the incredible... No, I worked for that. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you and you I worked together the, You even that. did the design. I... That's it. There you go. <laughs> Which um... I'm, not even sure, I'm not even 100% sure that was... I, I don't know how you designed it. I know usually there's limitations on like what you can do as far as like selling merchandise. So that's why that shirt didn't really stay up in the store. Cause I'm like, I don't know if we can actually sell it, but I can, I'm totally going to print one and send it to rage and we'll see. But I, not send it. It. I got to give it to you. Which was cool. You got to hand it to me. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so this particular pinup store, she sent me a dress. She sent me bangles and she sent me a necklace. And yeah. I had to wear the outfit, get photographed in the outfit, review the outfit. If I did those three things, I got it for free. If not, I either had to return them or pay for them. Now, I loved the dress, but I was honest about the dress too. And and when she first approached me, I did say to her, look, I, I will let you know that if, you know, if there's anything that I'm not liking, I'm I'm going to tell you. Yeah, And she's like, okay. And so my only critique of the dress was that as a plus size woman, you need to be able to wear a proper bra under a dress. And, and this particular dress, the sleeves did not allow for you to do that. Mm-hmm. However, I fixed the problem by doing this and brought it back to another product that she had. Um, and so, yeah. And that's the only time. Um but I, I, I'm like, look, I, particularly with small businesses, I like to buy stuff from them. Yeah. I don't, I don't want them having to give me stuff. That's, yeah. I don't like the idea that, you know, that they're taking a gamble already by creating a small business, let alone giving away free stuff. No, I'm willing to pay for it. And, and that's my thing. Um, I actually had a few people comment once about how I must get my hair done for free. No. I don't. I have always paid Stephen. I've paid Stephen since the very beginning. I pay him now. Um, truthfully, his rates as a as a norm are probably under what they should be. Yeah. I think that he may give me a slightly less rate, but that's because I'm a long-term customer. Yeah. So anybody else that would be like, I've been with Stephen for, for four years now, um, three and a half years, four years. Um so and and that's the way it should be. I mean, I got my eyebrows done the other day. His wife runs that business. I paid for my eyebrows to get done. Yeah. 
I never understood it. I never understood why people ask discounts from people that they love, but they're willing to pay people that they don't know full price. That is, yeah. That, that's it kinda, never has made yeah, sense to me. Yeah. And well, and, and I think what it is, is it, a lot of it comes down to what the business owner um, will allow. And yeah. if you're running, so here's, here's the interesting thing. Um, and, and, and just a couple of things to really touch on, you know, having that kind of loyalty to somebody like you, as you said, you were going to him when he was first really building this business before, and, yeah, when he was yeah. working in someone else's salon. Yeah, and you always like I, I think there's different ways that you can take care of people. Uh, like for instance, I mean, when I started doing the stuff that I'm doing, I you you price. I, I think one of the greatest you, you always want to provide more value than you want it to almost be a no brainer when somebody decides that they're going to spend um, they're going to spend money with you. And because I do things on a subscription model, I've raised my rates over the last few years. And but I have people that have been with me from the beginning that, you know, they and they still, you know, they'll check in with me from time to time and we'll set uh, goals around what it is that they're doing fitness wise. But they pay what they've always paid because, you know, like they were before I had any, you know, before I, I had what I have now as far as as a following and such like and have kind of become known for what I do like they took a chance on me and like I want to I want to reward that and but it is interesting because you'll have people that um will want stuff reduced or for free and here's the cool thing about running a business like you make a judgment call on that you decide and and not every time you make a a, a decision is it 100% based on business acumen or you know what's going to be the the long-term business objective you have the freedom to make those decisions but at the same time you also have to set boundaries because if you're putting out this whole thing where you'll just give people give your stuff away at a discount like or for free or whatever i mean it it's a i don't want to call it a slippery slope it it starts coming out and how you position things and it just like you got to be careful because a lot of times it is how the business owner starts to uh, starts to position it and they need to, you know, you, you need to be very cautious about what you do. And like one thing I will never do, I don't put, I will, I don't ever discount my services. Like I never have a promo code for a certain percentage off. Um, I've run promos where the billing would start on a certain day of the month. So I would tell people the day after that, part of the month hey sign up now and you essentially get a one month trial um but like i've never put a discount on my services and as i've said like i've changed my rates a number of times but i think when you start offering discounts by percentage like that's the new value of what it is that you're offering and you got to be careful about that as a business owner because you, you you have to grow slowly and you have to build a reputation but you can't you can't start trying to please everybody or, or give everybody a deal because then it just, it cuts into your business big time. Yeah. Take a breath. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I, and we, we live in such a cool time where if you're willing to build something slowly, you then can, have momentum over time and, and really build the kind of life that you want. And for anybody that uh, the cliche thing with entrepreneurship, cause you'll have a lot of people that work full-time jobs and then they make the jump into entrepreneurship and it's positioned as kind of this, I either work full time 
or I'm an entrepreneur. And I, I think you, you do both for as long as you can. Um, I mean, I, I love the, the job that I have. I love the work that I do. Uh, I'll tell you what I really like because my business has been up and down with COVID this year. Um, you know, it's just having the security to be able to build this slowly the way that I, that I do it. And I think if you really have a passion for something, you really have an interest for building something bigger than yourself, I, I think you do whatever you can to make that happen. And I think, um, you know, working and building your business, um, having a job and building your business is, is the way to go in just about every single situation. But when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, I want to be, I want to do this entrepreneurship thing and I want to quit my job and all this, that's a red flag that they're never going to be successful. Like there, there isn't anybody that I've ever talked to that's had that attitude that has really had any kind of success long-term. So. You good? <laughs> For now. Okay. <laughs> Hey man, coffee's kicking in finally. Oh my gosh, we've been on it. We've been on a few rants today. <laughs> well, uh, what's really funny is I'll have a call at work here in about an hour and a half, and it's really gonna. They'll be like, "Why are you so wired and awake?" Because I've been talking for an hour plus. So, yep. oh man, I woke up with Sydney. What's your excuse? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I. I, so I did, I did a thing last night, which I haven't done for a long time, which is I did a post and then immediately went to sleep. Okay. Now I also did a post that was outside of my comfort zone, um, in terms of, you know, cause I like me some flattering angles. Um, and I am going to give a shout out to Pete from disappearing Pete. Okay. Um, because he I'm convinced me. He convinced me that I, I should put this post up. Yeah. Because I was talking about, like, because uh, he's part of my Fiona gang. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the ones that I send my Fiona pictures to. And um, and he was asking me how I was. And I was like, oh, I just got home from the gym. I did boxing for the first time ever. And, um, and I said to him, I, like, there's a video. I want to put it up, but I don't. I don't know that I can. I feel a bit too self-conscious to do it. And I did it and I went to sleep and I woke up to 30 comments and like a whole heap of likes. And it was just like, it went nuts. It was, everybody really loved it. And um, it was incredible. It was my first time ever doing boxing. Yeah. I learned a few times, a few things. One, I am really (laughs) right-handed. Except yeah. for when I'm doing hooks. Yep. Because when I'm doing hooks, my left hand is better. To the point where Andrew said, at first, Rachel, I wasn't sure whether or not you were left-handed or right-handed. Then you did uppercuts, and I was like, oh, no, she's definitely right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he had me doing sets. So, yeah. uh, so it was jabs, hooks, and uppercuts. And there was a speed and then there was, so it was speed, strong squat. That was our set. Mm -hmm. So the idea was the the idea is because I don't have stamina because of my weight, Mm -hmm. because the amount of weight that I carry my fitness level, I don't have stamina. And so I have to actually rest quite frequently when I'm, when I'm working out. Yeah. And so um, my body feels the need to rest. Right. 
um, so that I can catch my breath. That's the only way that I seem to be able to catch my breath. And so what he does is he works out sets and then factors in rest times, but he's getting really structured with rest time now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, <laughs> so last night it was, it was 30 seconds of speed. Yes. 30 seconds of strong and then 30 seconds of squats and just squatting like my own body weight squats. Um, and once I did all that, so he's like, like, this is how he sold it to me. It's only a minute and a half. And then I'm going to let you rest for two minutes, which is good. Right. Because what we found is that if we try to do a 30 second rest, that's it. I'm done. I, I yeah. literally lose all my steam. Okay. So I did the first set and it was like, it was hard, but I loved it. What I realized was I did it too easy. So he's watching me have my rest and he looks at me and he's like, so this time we're going to do speed, strong, speed, squats, and then rest. He's like, the way he views it is the squats are active recovery. So I'm doing the squats controlled and slow. Uh I'm getting my breathing back to normal, resting, and then we go back into it. And I'm like, okay, all right. Thinking in my head, how much harder could it be with one extra set of speed? Yeah. Freaking that extra set. Yeah, the, the language is about to get real here, folks. That extra set of speed fucked me up. Yeah. Like it was just so, like to the point where I've, I've got other videos. I will send them to you because the one that's on my page is that's my strong one, right? Yeah. That's me hooking as hard as I can. Yeah. Um, with no strength. That was like almost at the end of my night. Yeah. Um, but the speed, the speed ones also taken nearly at the end of the night. It got to a point where I'm not sure whether I'm the one moving my hands or he's moving his hands more so I don't feel quite so bad that I can't actually move anymore. <laughs> like where he's like, he's like, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no strength, no strength, just fast, 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 fast. And I'm like, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And he's like, you can do this. You can do this. And I'm like, I can't do this. And he's like, you can do this. And I, and I kept going. And it was, so normally my session with him goes for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And last night's session technically went for 35 of that. Yeah. And then a 10 minute cool down walk. And, um, and he said to me, he goes, I, I would get you to do other stuff. He goes, but, and I've gone, there's nothing left in the tank, Andrew. I said, I couldn't lift anything right now. I said, I can walk. So walking is still movement and it's still keeping my heart rate up. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And, and we were talking. And, and so when, whenever we rest, we talk about like new things to try. And he's like, what I love about you is that everything new that I bring out, you're like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, you've never once said to me, no, I can't. Right. He's like, you've always tried everything that I've said, let's try. Yeah. And, um, and I was talking to him about how I'm learning control. So like I'm, I'm learning that I'm feeling in my recovery, different muscles because I'm now things that I used to do, like anybody can lift a weight or anybody can push a weight, but to push it or lift it with control is different. Right. So instead of just flinging my legs or flinging my arms up, I'm now using a controlled movement to do that. And so there's extra muscles. And, and I was talking to him and I said, I feel like I'm naturally able to lift. 
And he's like, you are. And I've gone, and I feel like part of that's because, and he's like, because you've been carrying a lot of weight around for a long time. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, exactly. He's like, you're strong. And I've gone, but I have no stamina. And he's like, no. He's like, but we're going to work on that. We're going to work on both of them. And I'm like, okay. But I loved it. I like, I literally, I got out of the gym and thought, why is the car so far away? And let me tell you right now, the car was parked right in front of the gym. (laughs) Yeah. But if I could have crawled, I would have. But it was so much fun. And like, what I love is that even though it was horrendous, like, I still smiled all the way through it and I still loved it. And because you're, you're, and you're being brought, it's, it's pushing you, but mm. you're being brought along at the appropriate pace. Well, that's and, exactly it, too. Yeah. He's, he's not treating me like I'm somebody that weighs 200 pounds. He's treating me like somebody who weighs twice that. Yeah. And, and I do want to touch, like, and this is true. And this is, you know, for, Anytime, I, I mean, you are strong because you have been carrying around all this weight for so long. So, like, yeah. now that you're learning how to properly strength train, you know, like that actually comes to you pretty easily, which is awesome. It's a it's a great little perk of what you're doing. And then, as far as building endurance, yeah, describing the uh, the sets that you're doing for the conditioning with the boxing. Yeah. That's, that's going to build the endurance super fast. So, um, but in a controlled manner. So no, I, I, I'm a huge fan of how you're being brought along with all this and cause it's appropriate and it's kind of harnessing everything, the skills that you have and, and working on the stuff that you need to develop. So it's awesome. I, what I like about it is that he, he knows that when I'm saying I need to rest, that I'm yeah. not being lazy, right? This is not me going, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. This is literally me saying my heart is beating very, very fast. Yeah. We need to, I, you know, I'm not breathing right now. And he's not, like I remember working in a gym when I was teaching swimming yeah. and the personal trainers used to keep count on how many people they could get to vomit. And yeah. I, I, all these years, to, though, I thought that like, that was what it was about. That was like, what, late 90s, super early 2000s? That was sort of, yeah, you, <laughs> two, 2000, and I worked there from 2003 until 2000, and to that, that particular pool, 2003 to 2007. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and th- that stuff, I'm sure, still goes on. But, I mean, he, here's the thing, and you've got, this is the difference between, trainers that are meatheads that like to work out uh, and trainers that are really that that are fitness professionals that take what they do seriously that don't make that that really try to keep from making assumptions um, about people and use their past experience working with different clients to help mold you know things that they that they do with new ones and and yeah it, it's uh, the I I like to think that the stereotype of you know somebody coming in that that has a lot of weight to lose I like to think that the stereotype of them being just quote unquote lazy uh, is going away but there's still probably a, a percentage I don't know what the percentage is unfortunately of fitness professionals that think that this is just an uneducated unmotivated you know group that they just need to you know they just need the knowledge so i'm going to throw the knowledge at them 
there's still probably some that, that absolutely do that. But, you know, there are a lot of, of professionals out there that uh, see this for what it is, see the strengths that you have and really accentuate those in your workouts while building up the other stuff appropriately. So, um, but yeah, that, that's, that sounds like the first gym I worked at. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I always thought that was the way, and, and I remember getting to my third session with Andrew and that was the first time I felt like I was going to vomit. Yeah. And he said to me, okay, you need to stop. You need to put yep. your chest up. You need to take yep. deep breaths. The reason that you feel like that is because you're not breathing properly. He's like, it's, he goes, it's also the same. When I see you yawning a lot, I know we need a rest because that means you're not breathing properly. You're not getting enough oxygen. Right. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, so we're going to rest. Okay. Chest up. And that's what he'll always do to me because I'll automatically want to rest in a different position. He's like, chest up, chest up, chest up. And, um, and I love it. I love that. I see him at the gym every day and he's with different people and he's doing different things and everybody on his caseload because he's got the guys that just want to be cut yeah. and have big muscles. Yeah. And he's got the girls that want to lose that last 10 pounds. And then he's got the people that are in their sixties that are recovering from surgeries and stuff. And I just, he, he just is incredible. And, and I have a lot of respect for him. And, and I didn't realize how much respect I had for him until people in my comments of my post were telling me how hot he is. And I was like, is he? Because to me, he is professional yeah. and he is supportive. Yeah. And we are four months in, me and him, him and I, and he's only just started to call me Rach. Yeah. And so I like that. Yeah. I like that we sort of are at that stage and, and um, we had to reschedule last weekend because he was on a, a course, a conditioning course. Yep. And, um, and so that's why we did last night and we're doing tomorrow morning as well. Um, and now part of me is going, I need to somehow rejig my budget because I really like the idea of two sessions a week with him. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, it's not cheap. I'm, you know, anybody, anybody out there that's, that's wanting to do, to do personal training and to do gym membership, right? My gym membership is cheap as. Yeah. Gym memberships only get expensive when you don't use them. True. Right. Cause then it's $60 a month when I'm not using it at all. Whereas after, apart from that, it's $15 a week right now. I go to the gym at least four times a week. That's not even $5 a day. You know, I, I pay more than that for a cup of coffee. How so often do you think people not... use the coffee analogy for, for anything? Well, you know what? I mean, for, for me, it makes sense because yeah. I, like, I love those people that go, you know, if you gave up Starbucks, you could buy all these things. Really, you don't drink Starbucks and you don't have those things. So... <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Um, I just I, I look at it this way I've never heard that statement but it's so true I don't know why people aren't saying it more. Uh, I, yeah. I don't I don't buy my lunch I pack lunch every day yeah. I pack lunch every day because it stops me from buy, making poor food choices which I'm prone to do if I'm stressed or if I just want something quick and easy yeah um and I also don't do it because realistically in my head, I can budget four or five dollars for a cup of coffee, but I don't want to budget ten dollars for that cup of coffee and 
a lunch. Yeah, makes sense. And which realistically the lunch is ten dollars on top. So that's fifteen dollars a day as opposed yeah. to five dollars a day. Yeah. Right. Now we'll factor into my gym is if it's fifteen dollars a week, we'll say for five. So that means for eight dollars a day, I'm getting gym membership and a cup of coffee. I'm good with that. Yeah. Well, and you know, here's the thing. It's it's I'm gonna say something cliche, but I'm gonna come back around to it. You know, it's it's you're spending money on what you feel is valuable. And yeah, you're you're investing in yourself. I, and what I will tell you, because what everybody loves in fitness and weight loss is a shortcut. And the only air quotes shortcut is if you hire somebody that is able to really again kind of harness the strengths that you have and put this in a structured way where you're progressing and it's not about uh, how fast you lose the weight it's learning how to do this stuff to where eventually you don't need that fitness professional and the way you're describing what you're what you're working on and the relationship that you guys have working relationship back and forth you're getting the value. So you're going to be able to like, you're, you would pay. I mean, if somebody were to ask you like, what's his services worth per session, this gets back to what we're talking about of providing more value than what you're charging. You would come up with a number way higher than what you're actually paying. Even though when you look at, I would hundred percent agree with that. Right, yes. Right. So, I mean, like th- this is the whole thing and it's why, you know, in personal training, it's, it's something that, the person that's that's doing it has to come to they have to come to the place where they're like you know what I'm, I want to do this and like they have to make the commitment that's why I've never um, I, I don't like again getting back to like running specials and sales given the type of work that it is you can't really dupe somebody into becoming a personal training client like they have to come to it on their own and then again as a trainer, if you're providing the real value, they're going to stick with you. And you just said, you're like, I really like working with him two sessions a week. And mm. this is where, this is where it's important to work with somebody that's really teaching you how to do this stuff and bringing out the best of you versus just, you know, somebody that can push you hard through a workout and make you puke at the end. So, yeah. you know, I, I get it, man. I, I think, and I think it's awesome. And I think, you know, finding him a way to work out with him twice a week. I think that's what you need to do. I uh, Yeah, I, I will talk to him too because I think I remember him saying, so I get a cheaper rate because I booked him for his 12-month program, right? Yeah. Which basically means that if at any point during the 12 months that I want to back out, that's yeah. fine, but he will back charge me for the uh, additional, I think it probably would work out to be an extra $30 a month. So it would um, be for however many months we did it because he would charge me the monthly rate as opposed to the annual Got rate. Got it. So you, you signed up for the annual plan. Yes. Because so, but if you decided to cancel five months in the five months that you've paid to this point, he would just kind of like your cancellation fee is basically the difference the between the promo yeah. and his standard rate. I like that. Yeah. Cause like, one thing I've never been, and this again com- goes back to like working at a gym and selling memberships uh, back back in the early 2000s. I hate contracts. I hate contracts with fitness. Mm. I always, I think there needs to be, there needs to be an, e- you have to easily be able to exit 
for a variety of reasons, actually. But like, <clears throat> you know, I, <clears throat> I've never been a fan of like, well, you know, you're under contract because I think as somebody, if I'm working with somebody and I'm no longer able, like if I'm a client of somebody and they're like, oh, well, yeah, you paid for this and we've got a contract. Even if you get my money for the, the duration of the contract, you don't have my loyalty. Yeah. You don't have my loyalty, and my loyalty is way more than what happens after that contract ends. My loyalty is you better believe anytime that it comes up in conversation, like hire somebody for this service. I'm going to go, I'll say I wouldn't work with so and so again because, like, this is the circumstance that came up. This is why I canceled. And they're like, we have a contract. And, you know, I had somebody when I was with the, with the nutrition coaching, somebody's like, you know, I'm, I, I want to work with you, but I'm really nervous because I've talked to coaches in the past. And he's like, what's the, what's the upfront? What's the upfront? Um, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, there's, there's no upfront. You can, you can cancel with me at any time and you, you, you know, pay for what we're doing at that time. But like, you know, there's, there's no upfront commitment because I don't, I, again, you want things to be kind of a no brainer. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think the way, that's a very smart way of doing it because he's giving you the discount up front, but you know, uh, if for any reason you can cancel, but you know, the, the, the amount that you're paying the extra charge, uh, is, is within reason because it's what his standard rate is. I think that's really smart. So, yeah. So I think I'll have that chat with him tomorrow as to what it would be, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's the same rate again. Yeah. Um, because over a month, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Weekly, it doesn't sound like a big difference, but over a month, right, it would be right. a big difference. Right. Um, right. if it's not, if it's, if it's a slightly discounted rate again, if I'm doing the two sessions, then I'll do it because it's just so, I, I just find it really worthwhile and, yeah. and I feel really good. Like yesterday, I, so all week. My body, I've had the all body aches. I've been exhausted. Yeah. Um, my mouth has just been so sensitive and sore. Yeah. And um, no new sores, but still healing. Yeah. And, um, and I said that to him that I actually, I got home from work yesterday. I took a heap of painkillers and I had an hour before I had to leave my house to go to the session with him. And I literally took a heap of painkillers, laid on my bed. And Chris is just like, are you okay? And I've gone, I don't want to cancel. So I just need to lay here and just put everything into getting dressed to go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And he's like, just tell him and maybe he'll go easy on you. And I've gone, I don't want him to go easy on me. And we were halfway through the session when we were, when I was having my rest and I was telling Andrew this and he looked at me and he's like, would, do you need me to go easy on you? And I said, this is better. And he's like, why? And I've gone, because the endorphins have taken away my pain. The workout is distracting and the getting to hit something, I never realized that was so satisfying. Oh, yeah. So I'm really happy with this. I will have no energy tonight when I go home, but at least I'll have a reason to have no energy apart from the whole uh, autoimmune disease boring reason. <laughs> and he's like... So I, I do have a question, okay. though. More, more satisfying um, punching or slamming the ropes? 
Oh, I think. <laughs> do you know what? Oh, I think it's actually. I think it's. I think I find the ropes easier than the boxing. Yeah. Um, I think once I get a real hang on the boxing, then it will be the most satisfying. I think the ropes probably just went out, but slam balls is a close third as well. I don't. Yeah, I like to slam shit. The the slam balls, I'm kind of like eh. But the thing with oh no, I've got it to a point where I slam them so hard they bounce right back up into my hands, and then I do it again. It's like so it's fun. Got to be careful. Got to be a little careful on that. But like careful careful on my face. Is that what what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, Well, and and what I but what I like about the ropes is kind of like the anticipation. So you're doing like the pulses, and you're getting set, and you're getting ready, and then all of a sudden you just you you slam now. The, the punching's cool after you've been, after you're warmed up. And then, like, you definitely, you don't want to punch hard all the time or most of the time. But, like, because you'll, you know, it, it, your, your body's taking a pounding every time you do that. But, like, there's, it is pretty satisfying just to throw a couple really tight, hard punches, like, the, the, more or less the cross punches and it's just like here in the snap you're like yeah um which is really cool but um but yeah no i i I, but i want i wanted to get a sense because you're doing all these uh you're doing all these slam movements now so yeah i love that i can talk fitness with you this has been yeah well we we can talk any and all things and you know it's it's been this has been fun because hey we've gone way over our time haven't we we have. I just realized that. Um, I do. I do have a somewhat non-traditional question um, that we could ask people. If you're not okay with it, let me know. What's the question? I thought we could do Snog, Mary, Kill, the Marvel edition. You got to explain this, man. I don't know what this. Is. <gasps> you don't know what Snog, Mary, Kill is. No, I don't. I don't. Okay, so well, we well technically there's different versions. So there's Snog, Mary, Kill. There's Snog, Mary, Avoid. There's Snog, Mary Shag, right? So Snog is obviously, do you want to kiss them? Do you want to marry them? Or do you want to kill them? And you've got to pick three Marvel characters that you're willing to do that to. <laughs> I just think we should do Snog, Mary Kill or Snog, Mary Avoid. Okay. <laughs> I think Kill is more fun because it's hypothetical. But yes, that's <laughs> you. what do you reckon? Should we do it? <laughs> I think you yeah, get responses. Yeah, no, we, we can totally do that. Um, does it have to just be Marvel? Uh, why don't we make it superheroes? Superheroes. Cool. Yeah. All right. Done. Boom. Question <laughs> of the week. It's Dog Michael. <laughs> well, this has been this has been a fabulous anniversary episode. I am so grateful for the friendship that has led to this anniversary you know i am too and this just goes to show you never know what's going to happen when you put yourself out there and you try something because we did a podcast episode before we got into this regular routine but we just this started being just a way for you and i to uh to connect because we're both pretty busy on stuff and it's awesome that we're able to do this. Every week is a little bit different. I'm very 
Uh, I am grateful for the friendship. I'm grateful that, you know, we had a chance to actually hang out in person. Um, and given kind of like where the world is now, that's not something to be taken lightly. Um, yeah, yeah no, th- this has been, it, it, it obviously is not what either of us, I think were anticipating. Uh, and the fact that people listen to it is kind of a bonus, but yeah, I'm uh-huh. grateful for you. I'm grateful for what we're able to do here and it's a blast and we'll keep doing it. So it's very exciting. Till next week, my friend. Till next week. Talk to you.